for us as a people, we have to acknowledge the the, the cumulative experiences mm. that we that you just spoke about, and and really, I think understand how they have led to our demise and threaten our livelihood. And I can tell you, in my 11 years working in corrections, I have met some people who have been accused of doing some pretty horrific things. And I have never, never met someone who I felt could not be redeemed. Hmm. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. We asked Dr. Neca to tell us her why you know, why is she here? What is this all about? And here's what she had to say. My passion for people drives me to get out of bed each day. I don't believe my story is unique because many people have mastered the ability to turn a crisis into a calling. I just love the way you say things. I do believe it is critical to share my story because we all need inspiration. We all need to meet people who have experiences similar to us and have come out of the ashes, right? That's a beautiful statement. I am fighting for and working towards the freedom of my people, mental, emotional, and physical freedom. I'd also say spiritual freedom uh, as well. Tell us, I think we got to define this term. How do we define trauma if 100% of Black people have experienced trauma? We've had the racism, we've had the enslavement experience that is still in our blood uh, and our veins and our bones and our hearts and our minds and our spirit. It's still here. So we've experienced intergenerational trauma. The trauma cycles have continued out of that experience. And then there's the normal human way of being. That kind of experience has traumatized us as well. But as a people, 100% of us have been traumatized. So how do we reframe or define trauma for us as a people? Mm, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think, you know, the, the technical term is, because I don't know if everyone in the audience will know, like, you know, yeah. when we speak about trauma um, in the current sense, we're usually talking about, you know, one event that has occurred yeah. that, we've experienced it or we witnessed it and we experienced it as uh, threatening yeah. um, and it impacts our, our physical and our, our mental and emotional and social abilities um, for a long period of time. And I think for us as a people, we have to acknowledge the, the, the cumulative experiences mm. that we had that you just spoke about. And, and really, I think, understand how they have led to our demise and threaten our livelihood and appreciate the 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 depth mm. and the range of those experiences across generations like I, I think that you know we can redefine this ourselves and and understand that a hundred percent of us haven't experienced this this um cumulative traumatic livelihood it requires just what you are pushing us to do 
to have an even more comprehensive healing journey um, to really, I think, mitigate the impact of the day-to-day large and small things that we endure. Absolutely. We also normalize the responses. Like, I mean, when you're traumatized, especially in a cumulative way, there are all these kinds of odd relational kind of responses, the anger that, you know, the, the strength and the ego that rises in us. Never mind like all the physical illnesses and all of the mental illnesses that can arise, even incarceration and the desire to be somehow in a cage is part of a traumatic response. And so how do we stop normalizing what we see now as like, okay, and everybody kind of looks at and goes, okay, you know, so like, how do we, how do we stop the normalization of what is really a a social kind of response to this traumatic, cumulative trauma that we've experienced? You know, I think it goes back to the tools that I said helped me on my healing journey, Mm. education and connection with people to call it out, you know, to um, Mm. connection, to, to help us to stop blaming the individual and to really um, indict the system and, and the, the oppression of the system that results in much of what we see. Um, and I when I that, education, how do we indict the system? Can the system be indicted? Oh yes, like we like we we have to start talking openly. Like that's the truth and vulnerability. Like yes. there are many of us who work in these systems and understand um the, them intimately. That hmm. we don't talk about them, and hmm. not only do we not talk about it that people who work in these systems are oftentimes ostracized by other people because they are deemed as a part of the system. Well, the reality is we're all a part of the system. Right, right. And and so like, how do we um, create spaces for people who understand these systems to talk about how they, um, how they uh, not only, I think, birth a lot of these uh, traumatic injuries, yes. but um, like keep them going, mm-hmm. and so like, and then how in their experiences do they think we can begin to mitigate it and open up that table for honest conversations for all of us to dialogue about how we disrupt and dismantle these systems, um, and so like there are people who understand these systems. Are we? bringing them to the table you know like that's why in our work with correctional systems we require them to work with people who are incarcerated and with Mm -hmm. staff in the systems like those are the very people who understand the harms that this system causes and how these harms are pervasive they are also the very people who can help us to begin to think about how do we create different policies and practices that reduce those harms, yet they're not often invited to the table. And so like, that's a that's a real life example of how I see us stopping this, this normalization. So when you think about now the work that you're doing at Chicago Beyond and 
When you say Chicago beyond, is that a geographic beyond? Is it a purpose beyond? Can you define what Chicago beyond is? Um, I would say it's both. You know, we are based here in Chicago, but understanding the investments that we make in people and ideas and organizations has a reverberating impact that spans beyond Chicago. Yes. And it gives us, um, I, or at least it gives me space yeah. to dream about the beyond where we are right now. Mm. Like, that's, like we are fighting for our young people to live their lives in this free and full way. Yes. And like, how do we get beyond what's in front of us right now to actually yes. see and feel and be in freedom? Yes, I love that. I love that. So when you think about the thing you want to get beyond, when you think about where we are right now, what does the picture look like for those of us who might be a little bit sheltered and unaware? What does the picture look like that we need to get beyond? I see economic freedom. Mm. You know, I see the spiritual and mental and emotional freedom that we talked about. Like so mm -hmm. many people, um, are incarcerated mentally. Yeah. So not again, like not understanding who we are fully, not understanding the richness that we bring to, yes. to this society and to this world. And I think that there is also, you know, a freedom, a, a social freedom, like mm -hmm. the freedom to be, the the freedom to to dream, the yeah. freedom to the freedom to to do. Yeah, right?